because it really mm-hmm. kind of became sort of the visual element of at least from the, the music and venue perspective of like our time last year like you know you think about yeah. civil you know, all the stuff that their their materials and stuff and like just mm-hmm. i mean even everybody i've talked to because they're asking me well, who's your next podcast guest <laughs> you're listening to the Rockin' Chicago Show. In each episode, I connect with musicians, artists, and industry people who are involved with Chicago's underground and independent music scene. The show is really a conversation about our creative processes, our hopes, our dreams, and experiences recovering as we all navigate through the challenges brought on by the pandemic and moving forward to a new day where we can create and perform music in and around our fair city. Hey, everybody. So... Our guest for this episode is visual artist Maura Walsh. Uh, Many of you who follow what we do on social media and have been paying attention to the things that have been going on during the pandemic and also with the uh, Chicago Independent Venue League with Civil uh, have seen her work. It's it's plastered all over their sites. Um, So pre-pandemic time... um, Maura was a huge concert goer, going to the local venues. Uh, she racked up 53 concerts um, in 2019 alone. And she's been kind of a, a really big supporter of our local scene going back to her high school days. Uh, so Maura's main thing is she's a visual artist and she does a lot of work in a variety of different things. Uh, she does installation pieces with video. She works with fiber. Uh, she does uh, traditional painting with watercolors, oils. And uh, referencing the the pieces that some of you may be familiar with, uh, the drawing with pen and ink. So back in 2019, she created uh, what's titled as Our Tiny Guide to Chicago's Best Music Culture Spots. Um, And that was a huge hit. But when the pandemic hit in 2020, um, she kind of went back to that theme. She wanted to think of a way to help out our our venues who were struggling to kind of keep the lights on. And she expanded upon the whole theme of the tiny guide and started creating uh, larger scale illustrations uh, with the various venues that were featured in the guide from around the city. And um, she sold these as prints and reprints and also some related uh, merch that was based on her illustrations. And uh, the really cool thing is uh, she took all any of the profits that she made off of that. And uh, she was able to raise about $37,000 for our various local menus that she featured for that. So uh, really, really cool grassroots and direct way that she's been supporting our you know, places we play music at and go see and experience live music. 
Um, right now, she's currently working with a nonprofit fundraising initiative called Support Chicago Arts into launching the Tiny Guide to Chicago Arts, which will even expand out to a wider range of uh, local performance spaces. So this episode, we're going to talk through um, that, all the stuff she's done in the last year with her work, with the illustrations, along with other projects that she has going on. Um, but one of the underlying threads, and I think that's really kind of the unifying thread that we've had with Rock in Chicago um, since I've kind of rebooted it, and uh, it kind of had this kind of policy of featuring bands that we have on our playlists, so starting with that and really focusing in on if they have really good live shots to having people on who are involved with the live music scene, um, you know, being talent buyers, photographers, etc., uh, working with people who are uh, sound guys for venues uh, to help kind of also curate some of our playlists. And... Um, their underlying theme of the importance of the experience of going to see a live show is, is a ritual and is part of like a lifestyle choice. Again, uh, you know, I saw the stat about, you know, she was tracking her, her concerts from 2019 and she hit 53 shows. That's basically a show a week, um, which is really freaking impressive. Um, that That's dedication and that's somebody who really, really enjoys our local music scene. And, uh, you know, I want to celebrate that as, as much as, you know, this work that she's done in lieu of that in the last year since there were no shows um, and, and what she is one person has been able to do to help our, our music community, uh, our venues, our places where we get to perform that. So, um, so yeah, we'll talk through that um, and then kind of learn about what she's got going on and what's kind of next for her uh, as our year here unfolds in 2021. Uh, so just to kind of dive in, um, so one of the things I, I really liked um, was just w when you did the tiny book series uh, or yeah. tiny book guide, it was like, what, two years ago, the 2019, I remember seeing that and that kind of yeah. went a little bit, a little bit viral. And I was just thinking like, this is freaking brilliant. Like, okay. <laughs> so, so I'm like booking shows with my friends, bands are out of state and I don't like, I'm not going to hang out with them the whole time they're here. Hey. Like, what do we do? What do we like? Here, here's, here's a little book. Check this out. Somebody did this. So we drew all this stuff up and like, yeah. here's some things you could go check out. So I, I'm just kind of curious, like we got to talk through kind of, cause to me that that's where a lot of you, this, this art yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of working on now kind of started from what was exactly, the sort of genesis yeah. behind starting off with that? So um, it's actually, yeah, a, fun, a funny story. Um, it did definitely started with that and it was all very unintentional. And I'm glad that you kind of got that, uh, idea that you could give it to someone and they could kind of go around with it and visit these places because I think that was part of what started the idea was my partner and I had just been to San Francisco and you know we didn't know anyone there and we're like oh where are the cool spots to check out that aren't on like TripAdvisor <laughs> or like you know right. we didn't really see any cool like little venues or anything where we could just go have a drink and see what music is playing or you know so we're like oh it'd be cool if people made these little guides for different cities and that we kind of just talked about that casually on that trip and I think that that subconsciously is what started this so this started with actually um I was uh there's the place called the Brooklyn Art Library and it's in Brooklyn New York um and it ha houses the world's largest collection of artist sketchbooks 
um, and I actually have two sketchbooks in there in their collection, like, you know, regular sketchbooks, email it in and it becomes a part of their library. People can go, oh, wow. like, check them out. Look, it's really cool. If you're ever in Brooklyn, definitely yeah. check it out. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's all like, free to get in. You just spend time there and think through artists, like, personal sketchbooks. It's really, really cool. Awesome. <laughs> and they actually have an online library, too. Like, they scan some of them in so you can kind of dig through them. But it, it's not the same as flipping through it. But um, so they, they did this kind of one-off thing where they were having people submit tiny sketchbooks okay. <laughs> and I think the the limitation was like two to four inches uh so I signed up for it and I was like oh my gosh what am I gonna put in this thing it's so small and it's like really small because <laughs> okay. um like drawing something in there so I remember like the exact moment my partner and I were at um the Chicago diner in Logan Square having brunch and like trying to brainstorm because I was like approaching the deadline where I had to mail it in and we kept coming back to this idea of music and we were kind of talking about what I just mentioned with being in San Francisco and not knowing where to go so we came up with this idea of like creating a tiny guide to music places that we would tell friends to visit coming to Chicago and wanted to like get a glimpse at like the more underground yeah. music scene or music culture where like, you know, like stuff you can't really just Google. It's a little bit um, off the radar at times, sometimes not, but so we kind of just threw this list together of places and I drew them quickly and kind of crammed all these tiny buildings into this tiny book. <laughs> Did you dr- draw that at like a normal scale size and shrink everything down to fit no, the panels? I you drew that. Tiny. To, you literally drew it that. Oh my God. Yeah, so everything is pretty much drawn to size. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I have a little bit of a visual art background. I do graphic design. So like okay, yeah. doing stuff at that scale. And there's this whole like trend of like tiny things like all over the internet, you know, like the tiny, there's a I tiny know. Japanese kitchen with like the little, the sushi and like all that. And it's just, but I, just to sit there like with a small, like, I don't know if you're using like a felt tip pen or just a really, really fine point, like graphite pencil or whatever to, to draw all that's just insane. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I usually that, use a micron pen. <laughs> And it's okay, the small right. size, which is 0.005. Right. Yeah. So uh, hats off to you for that. That's, that's because the catch of it is like, there's just so much detail in that on top of like, okay, mm-hmm. there's real, really a lot of information in terms of all the panels that fold out and you see all the different like venues and things you're highlighting in there, but like, just then there's the level of like, like the illustrative detail of like each, yeah. like building subject that you're putting in it's like oh no it's not just like here's a there's a logo or a sign it's like no it's the, the fucking building so, <laughs> yeah exactly that doesn't yeah so that really... some of it's a little right, right. yeah yeah so yeah it's, it drew to size it was that size and then um i and then i had just made a video because i was like oh it's so small it's so cute so i just oh, okay, made cool. a video of me opening it right. so i mean I like was just my fingers like opening the book and yeah, I just put it yeah, in my face for fun. Yeah, and then so the next morning I woke up and there was like over viral. ten thousand views. Yeah, I don't even know how right. people found it. Like I thought I had right. my Facebook on private, but apparently not. And um, so with like ten thousand people had viewed it, and I was getting like bombarded with these messages from strangers asking for a copy. And I was just like, I literally drew this thing thinking no one else would see it. It was just I was going to send it into this little place, and no one would ever really see it. And um. So I was pretty surprised by that, but I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I can make a small edition of them. So I did um, basically like scan them in, reprinted them, hand trimmed them, hand folded them, made a bunch of wow. little books. Um, yeah, That's I cool. love like labor intensive tasks like that. So yeah. it's like repetitive things. So it was really fun. Um, but yeah, I think I made a hundred or 150 to start and those sold out like yep. immediately. Yeah. Um, and then I made a second edition and those sold out. 
And then oh. I heard that people were buying them and then like multiple and cutting them up to frame them flat. So I was like, oh, that's so much less oh. work just to sell it as a flat art right. print, you know? So yeah. I just basically scanned it and re-digitally turned it into a flat art print. And then people were buying that more because it's just a little easier, I think, to like frame it and have artwork in your house. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of how it's how it started. And then I kind of let it drop. Uh, for a while again this I think it was like the very beginning of 2019 that that happened um, so then I kind of let it drop for a while because it just has like so many interests and projects that I you know kind of right. let that just sit for a while until the pandemic hit right so and then um, I can okay so yeah kind of the segue then is so um yeah, I remember that kind of went away and like, I was just like, this is a really cool thing. It's just kind of in the background. And I remember, I think it was like following you, followed your Instagram for uh, uh, your studio. I was like, all right, just, it's just a really cool thing. And then, yeah, I noticed like, oh, she's back doing some bigger pieces. This is great. So was that like a commission thing, like with civil or were you just like, was that kind of your idea to put all that together with like kind of doing it as a series? Sure. So um, I guess what happened was, you know, I let it drop and I just, you know, I have a million other things. Like I do all sorts of stuff and it's right. kind of all over the place. And I just, sure. I'm, it's just never enough time in the day to do what I want to do. So I just kind of like let that kind of go away and I was doing other stuff. But then the pandemic hit right. and my partner and I are just like avid concert goers and we had, yeah. had tons of tickets like pre-purchased. Yeah, <laughs> and I so remember the reading of the pandemic, was... everything. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I just remember reading. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Um, no. Oh, you no, said no. You, you were able to like track like 53 shows in 2019. Yes. You guys basically that that's hardcore. Um, <laughs> it's just as a concert goer. So I'm a musician in the scene and I can't mm-hmm. do 53 shows in, in <laughs> a year. Uh, if it's, especially if it's like local or, you know, if you're going to bottle, or you're going to Metro or whatever. Um, but that's, that's admirable. So uh, again, from just being a representative as a musician, thank you. Thank you. But that, that's, that's wow. So anyway, yeah, um, it's like a huge lifestyle. A huge it is, it life. is. And, yeah. Yeah. And it kind of has been since I was, you know, old enough to kind of go out on my own. And we, we had just all these concert tickets purchased in advance. And all of a sudden we started getting all the automatic refunds. We're like, Oh gosh, this is really yeah. scary. Yeah. And, you know, just worrying about the smaller venues and like, how are they going right. to survive this? And just right, feeling right. really worried. Cause that was such a large part yep. of our life. Um, so I was just like, one day I was like, Oh, I actually, I have this drawing and it has a lot of these places in it. So I could sell it yeah. and donate the money to these places and maybe like help them a little bit. And, so that's what I did. That was like the first phase of this in the pandemic was I basically got organized, got reprints of that first drawing made again yeah. and kind of picked up where I left off. I started reaching yeah. out to the venues and I was just like, hey, I want to like sell this art print and I'll give you guys all the money. And I'm trying to remember how many spaces were in there. I want to say that there was about 20. Um, yep. And so I just let them know. I was going to do this and I asked them to kind of help me promote it. And it just kind of immediately took off. They were sharing that like, Oh no, okay, she's selling this artwork and she's giving us the money. So please buy it. And yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. I had to literally like keep my phone on silent for that entire time because it was just like notifications blowing everything up. Like people were just 
so eager to help, which was really amazing. And yeah, um, I just had no idea how big it would get. So that project, that was like the first phase again, um, where I was just purely selling that, essentially selling that one drawing. I did, I did make a few more of the books and sell them, but those are so much more labor intensive. Right. And I kind of was just leaning on the drawing because it was more easier. I still do everything myself. So, okay. Um, like I was like hand trimming everything. I signed every piece. I yeah. you know, did all the shipping, all the correspondence, lost mail, stuff like that. So it was like a ton there's, of work, there, like lots and lots of late nights. There's something to, <laughs> there's something to be said for that though. There's like a certain authenticity that you're you're passing along with, you know, you're still doing all the, like sort of the prep work and kind of getting things trimmed out and, and mounted on the whatever frames or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's super admirable. Um and then I, yeah, I, I just remember, was, uh, oh, I was just going to say, I just remember, uh, you know, a bunch of the venues, like I saw Dave Horniak from Livewire posting, like you, you did one yeah. and he was like, just like flooding everybody with this, like, hey, here, buy this. <laughs> this is, this is great. Yeah. And, and I, I think the, the, the cool thing with that, and I mean, we can talk about this a bit more too, is this kind mm -hmm. of it expanded from there, you know, um, is it really mm -hmm. kind of became sort of the visual element of, at least from the, the music and venue perspective of like our time last year, like, you know, you think yeah. about civil, you know, all the stuff that their, their materials and stuff. And like, just, mm -hmm. I mean, even everybody I've talked to, cause they're asking me, like, well, who's your next podcast guest? I was like, Maura Walsh. Who's that? I was like, the, she did the artwork. Oh, you know, tiny book. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I got one of those. Oh, yeah, my buddy's got one. Like, oh, oh yeah. That, so that's flattering. cool. Man. <laughs> So like you're becoming a bit, you know, a bit of a celebrity, obviously, but like, <laughs> yeah, like four or five of my musician friends and some of my bandmates are like, oh, oh wow. Yeah. That that's cool. And like, um, but yeah, I think, I you know, a hundred years from now or whatnot, like when, when they're going to look back at the panic, the panic pandemic, sorry, uh, pandemic of 2020 there, <laughs> that's going to be like, uh, one of the things that's going to be documented somewhere. I think it'll yeah. be in a book or like to your point, like that sketchbook library that might show up as something like that, or as a reference yeah. to Chicago historicals. At least I hope so. Cause it's of that quality, you know? So. Um, oh, you that's so flattered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, it, yeah. Dave from library was so sweet. So many people yeah. were just so supportive and enthusiastic about it. And it was just like such a pleasure to work with everyone in there really helping because it was so much work and really just getting the word out was the main thing. And then I started getting more and more, it kind of, you know, snowballs. So right. then the block club Chicago contact me and did it right Ooh. up. And it was just like this wow, blast yeah. of press from them. And then the Chicago reader and then the Chicago tribune. And after that, it was just like, I could barely keep up. It yeah. was so much. Um, so I, I forget, at some point I set an end date <laughs> ah. and at the end of it, I had raised like in profits over $37,000. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that was profit. So I gave uh, out all of that money to these spaces. So basically yep. each space that was in the drawing got a, whatever a their fraction, you know, yeah. 20, <laughs> a yeah. 20th of yeah. that, uh, which still right. isn't that much money if you think about no. how just divided up, but um, so yeah, it was but... $37,000 raised just by selling this one drawing and um, I mean, it was very appreciated by all the spaces, um, you know, because they were closed yeah. and they were leaning on merch and they were leaning on all this other stuff to help, you know, yeah, get absolutely. them by. Mm -hmm. So that was the first part. And then um, with Civil, um, towards the end of that project, when, as I was kind of wrapping that up, 
um, this guy, really nice guy named uh, Shane Bradley actually reached out to me and he's um, a part of Civil. And Shane's also the promotion director at Lincoln Hall and Shubis and I believe also Audio Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came to me with this idea and asked me if I would do an, a new drawing for them, like of right. their venues that were kind of like the core startup of Civil. Um, and kind of play off this tiny guide style and but his idea was to make a shower curtain yeah i <laughs> remember I like, seeing oh, that man wow yeah <laughs> i was like well what i'm doing is really small so i hope that it can blow up you know that big <laughs> it's the opposite effect right yeah <laughs> yeah so i was like well whatever like i was so burnt out from my other projects so i was like i'll give you guys the drawing as long as you do all the stuff where like absolutely right. so right. so basically i the list of venues he gave me i think that there was 44 in that one yeah i'm pretty sure it's 44 and i did a drawing that was 18 inches by 18 inches of all those 44 spaces like crammed in there and right. you know kind of all puzzled together into one massive drawing and this kind of like chaotic landscape yeah and so i gave them the drawing and they turned it they ended up using it pretty much in everything which is super flattering it's like on their website if you go to their website it's like yeah. the background images and yeah they kind of inverted them they're like really cool you become um, a core element the of their branding <laughs> Yeah, the shower curtain yeah, rocks. I, yeah. It was so cool. I was so nervous to see it because I was like, oh man, what if it's pixelated or like, but it's like great quality. It's sold out right away. They did a limited edition. I'm not sure what the number was, but they're like, it's sold out because my friends were asking, like, oh no, I missed out. They could do more. And I don't think so. I think that was it, but it turned out really good. I got one and good. it's crisp and it looks great. It, it actually looks really, you know, the details are all there. and um, it worked out, which was great because I was nervous about that. But they also used it on like t-shirts and bandanas. And they did they right. had an artist screen print posters of it, which was really cool because that translation to screen print kind of changed it a little bit, in an interesting way. Yeah, um, it was some of the details, so right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and just kind of like I, kind of fast forward a little bit now. So mm-hmm. I've been kind of you've been doing kind of a series where you're doing the individual venue drawings now too yep. is, you, is your goal to try to do every single venue in chicago or <laughs> yes oh wow okay <laughs> which is maybe unrealistic but no it's... So... <laughs> yeah i mean do you want to explain uh, how... that a little bit or oh, oh please do yeah yeah and okay. how far are you <laughs> uh i'm at 50 and i feel like i haven't even scratched the surface yeah right it's a little wild so yeah. yeah, so basically I wrapped all that up. Working with Civil was great. And then I kind of took a little break and just trying to figure out what's like sustainable because what I was doing before just was not sustainable. No. It took so much out of me and like right. I it was just so much work. And you know, so I was just thinking like how can I do this in a different way? And so I kind of set up some different systems and came up with this new project where um, so I'm calling it the, the tiny Chicago music scene project. And okay. so I am trying to draw all of the music spaces in Chicago. And all I am trying them. to think of that broadly. <laughs> like, so it's like venues, record stores. Um, I would love to do like some cool house show buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, places that are no longer here that have meant a lot to people. Like I know people, several people have mentioned Fireside to me. Yep. And like yep. Double Door. <laughs> so jacks, I gotta do those. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I. Yep. Right. Um, trying to make a list of everything, but I just, so I started with the, the venues that were a part of civil. Um, right. And the idea with this project is that I'm donating half of all the projects to, I'm sorry, all the profits to civil and the other half is kind of fueling the project. So I'm not just like, <laughs> right. Barely being able to kind of do my stuff and 
keep up with everything. So, um, I, I mean, I really wish that I could do the same thing where I gave the funds directly to each individual space. Cause I know there's a lot of need, but what yeah. I did before was just not, it was a logistical nightmare. It was like a tax nightmare because I'm not a nonprofit. They're not nonprofits. And so right. donating all that money was really difficult. Yeah. Uh, but civil is a nonprofit and they're actually like working to change the legislation and doing stuff to help all the music spaces in our city. So it's like, to me, that was like the logical place to support because the other way Absolutely. was just not sustainable. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to do like the individual portraits of these venues. Um, uh, so I started with the, the few that were a part of civil that I drew in that drawing for them, um, just it's kind of like an easy list. And then now I'm branching out to other places um, I'm trying to do the, you know, record stores. I would like to do blues clubs, which I think are really important to our music oh, culture yeah. in Chicago. Absolutely. Theaters. Um, right. And then, so I'm drawing them individually. And the way that I'm drawing them is I'm doing the buildings in pen and ink, and then I'm mounting them on like a black ink wash. Okay. And the only light that's coming from the drawing is coming from like the inside of the windows or the inside of the venue. Oh, and wow. it's kind of like an idea where like you're signifying they're still there. They'll get to this hard time. So that was kind of like the concept behind the way I was drawing them. Okay. Um, and then the idea with the individual ones that like people could kind of curate their own little tiny guide of music spaces. So like people yeah. could choose a handful of places that mean something to them and then right. have that in their home if they want. And I, so far I've been seeing people do that, which is really cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm surprised they like this place and this place together. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm up to 50 and I have a really long list. <laughs> it's going to yeah. take a while. Uh, yep. And then with this project, I was, I have like an idea for how it ends. Um, when I, done all the drawings I can do whether that's all the places or just I'm done <laughs> I can't do anymore I'm not really sure which will come first um I want to exhibit all the drawings together in one place with the originals nice. and I was thinking maybe like at one of the venues and yeah. we have this giant party to celebrate and we right. could sell off the originals as one last fundraising effort and maybe plan like a concert or something in conjunction with yeah. that so that's kind of my Absolutely. idea for how to end it <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> <If> it can happen <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on. We're going to take a quick break and um, have a listen to one of the featured bands on Mora's guest list playlist that she curated as the companion to go along with this podcast episode. This is the band Chew with the track King Curtis off of their due time release. You're listening to the Rockin' Chicago show. Yeah. 
what was the last show you saw before things um, locked down? Oh, I know. <laughs> um, so it was at the Empty Bottle, and I believe it was on actually Valentine's Day of 2020. And it was the band uh, Plaque Blague and Nightcrawler, which it was so good. <laughs> it was a great last show, but it was, I had no idea that was my last show. <laughs> so it was at the Empty Bottle, and it was great. <laughs> That was, that, I mean, not even any idea that things were going to kind of wind down. That was exactly. like, just, oh, it was just a show, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, that's, it's just funny how so, uh, things kind of transformed so quickly with that. And then just everything just ended, you know? Yeah, it was um, so sudden. Yep. And then, um, yeah, I guess the other thing is, and this is just kind of, um, kind of getting into an area where we kind of just learn more about you as a person. So, um, I did read, like you mentioned about like when you were a teenager, you, you know, go to the sea shows in the city. So yeah. what, was there somebody or, or what got you into like wanting to go see shows? As oh, that's a, a good concert question. goer and a fan. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it just goes back to music itself. I think I had a pretty uh, difficult childhood. And as a teenager, I started getting into my own music. I remember at some point, I think I got a CD player for my birthday or something. And I was like, wait, I can choose my own CDs and get my own music. Ah. And not have to, you know, like I just clicked right. one day that I could like make my own decisions about that. I mean, my dad was always a huge music lover and had like this wall of records, okay. but it was like his stuff. I never really, right. <laughs> like I couldn't touch right. the records. Stuff like that. Right. So yeah. I think as a kid, it was like grail. my records. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the CDs are like yeah. less fresh, precious than the records. So I didn't, wasn't right. intimidated, but, um, I think it was kind of like a refuge, I guess. So I, I would okay. kind of like, I was very, um, I didn't have a lot of friends that were into what I was into. I would kind of go, I remember this was the beginning of like, uh, when Amazon would kind of like recommend stuff to you or iTunes would recommend stuff to you based on your other likes. So I'd kind of go into these rabbit okay. holes of discovering like new things on the internet and I kind of would like find my own music and none of it really matched up. I would, I would like all sorts of stuff. Um, but I just remember okay. finding this, like, as a teenager, this this new world of, like, art and creativity. And it was almost like poetry wrapped in music and just how creative some music was. Kind of outside of, like, the pop music world, you know, um, like what you would hear right. on the radio. And I just had my, like, mind right. blown. I was like, wow, this is so interesting. These people are so, like, vulnerable. And there's just right. so much more than what they play on the radio. And so I, I'm, a, I'm a big like physical media person. So I probably still have most sure. of my CDs that I had at that point. But um, so I remember cool. buying CDs, yeah, like laying on the floor and listening to them over and over and just studying like the inserts and the artwork and the words and the, yeah. you know, the paper. And um, that was like really impactful. So I think at some point I started getting interested in going to concerts. And again, my friends weren't really into the types of music I was interested in or bands I'd want to see, or they had no interest in really going to concerts so I, I often went alone I I never really had that friend who was like my concert buddy or someone that I could drive to the show with me so a lot of times I went alone oh wow um yeah. which is kind of strange I guess I was very brave I, I never questioned it it didn't seem weird but looking back I was like I was yeah. really young <laughs> I was alone well right yeah I was just thinking the same thing oh, yeah. I, yeah that's that's pretty bold you know, yeah for being that young and yeah you know a girl a girl going in and you say you're going into the city by yourself yeah and all that. yeah I was lived, I grew up in yeah. Chicago so I was, we we're always just kind of like just around the outskirts of that proper city and 
I would just kind of right. drive in. And as soon as I could drive, I would go and I would make up an excuse of where yeah. I was. And <laughs> my dad was not happy when he found out what I was doing. But um, right. like I didn't want to sacrifice that experience just because I couldn't find someone to oh, go yeah. with me. Um, so, and you know, at times it did feel a little bit lonely. I think at first people would tell me it was lonely or that's, aren't you lonely or isn't that weird? Or I was like, oh, maybe, but I think, I, yeah. you know, I really loved going to shows alone. I could do whatever I wanted. I could stay as long as I right. wanted. No one else to worry about except for myself. You don't, have to de- <laughs> you don't have to deal with anybody else's stuff, right? Yeah, yeah I just go. Yeah, I if you don't it. like it, yeah. you leave. And it is what it is. And right. That's pretty much how it started. I just kind of would go by myself. What venues were you, like, heading to at the time? Like, were they, like, all-ages shows? Or were you doing stuff that was, you know, 18 and over kind of? Because... Uh, just somebody who grew up in the scene myself and then there was like always that different level of like like metro has like all ages or 18 and up shows or 17 and up shows and then it was like all right shit oh that's 18 and over no you know it's you know i'm only 17 i can't go to that or you know so that there was there's that scene and then i know fireside had shows back then um and fireside kind of got really huge kind of past my time but before that like for me, and I kind of came up in the early '90s, so like we had all ages shows, and most of those were in the burbs, and some of them were okay, you know. And then you would have house shows that you'd go to, and then there was like the Metro was kind of the main one, but there were a few other places like Medusa's and all that. So I'm just kind of curious from like your experience, like what were the, the venues you were heading to? Yeah, so I was born in 1986. I'm trying to think how old I would have been. Okay, but um, okay. but yeah, so I remember Metro. I do remember having. I guess that was what I was gonna say. Was um, I remember yeah. realizing when there was the age barrier? I, I didn't realize that at first, yeah. and somehow I was just kind of lucking out and going to all age shows. I guess, but I remember begging right. people at the door to just put axes on my hands, and I'd like, I'll stay with you the whole time. I just want to see the music. Right. I don't want to drink. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but they right. wouldn't let me in you know no, um right but metro was definitely one that have all ages that i can remember i remember running the beat kitchen a ton i just don't remember if they did all ages stuff or if i'm remembering that after 21 um because I'm, I'm 34 now so i'm trying to remember <laughs> but um right right but yeah i went to the beat kitchen a ton i remember driving there a lot i remember metro was a, yep. a lot and some random places that i can't even remember the names so, some hall shows too i had friends who were um some friends who were in bands yeah. who would throw like little house shows all around in the city and outside the city and those were always fun yep. because it felt like i didn't have to worry yep. about getting in and being by myself right. as much <laughs> right but yeah sure. but yeah after the 21 you're like oh my gosh i can do anything <laughs> yeah yep yep <laughs> so yeah that it's it's always just been really important and i think that um you know i kept up with that pretty much up until now just like pretty consistently going to concerts i definitely yeah. have had periods in my life where i you know, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't go to concerts for a little while and I would I would notice like oh I feel more depressed and I think that I over time realized that right. there was like kind of a link to live music and music in general as just being really important to my happiness and mental health. So as yeah, I got older absolutely. and I kind of realized that I just like yeah it's like it's easy not to do it's things. Funnier, like, are. And you know yeah. it's you know I'm tired all the time and I'm busy but it's like right. you, you have to just like do it and make right. it a priority so I just tried to consciously make these going to shows a priority and going to as many as possible because even if you know I had a lot of friends be like oh well I don't know the band so I'm not going to go but it's like those are the best concerts because sometimes you find the most amazing music that way and you just have to be Absolutely. open-minded you know even if it's not your style of music or the bands that you exactly know and um yeah 
those are the best experiences, you know, but yeah, sometimes it's really hard to like find the energy to go to a show on a busy week or like, you know, when oh, for sure. late, right. you have to get up the next day. <laughs> so I'm always right. like, you have to go. You won't remember how tired you were. You will just remember that the good time that you had. <laughs> so that was kind of my right. motto. <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to kind of, and that kind of sense for you, the music itself is what, what really brings the catharsis or the sense mm-hmm. of release, mm-hmm. you know, it's not so much, um, you know, there's just periods where you might have some friends you go with or show buddy or whatever. Um, you know, you know, and I, I kind of went through fit cycles with that too, but it really always fell back to the music who was playing. Um, and, you know, to me, the, the, the most valuable shows are the ones where you're discovering somebody new and, you know, they, they blow your mind with their music. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's like the, the ultimate reward. I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a huge band, you know, it could just be like a, at a local show. There's just so much amazing talent out there with that. But, yeah. Um, Especially it, some of the live cool. performances are so artistic and like performative yep, and yep. it's, yep. you never know. Right. Absolutely. Anyway, my um, friend was actually talking to me about something along the lines and she was one of my really close friends. She was saying something um, when we were talking about the importance of live music. And I like, I love how she put in, she said, uh, live music is definitely about community and support, but it's also about finding external things that match your internal states. And I thought that was really interesting. I wrote it down. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that external yeah external you know community and your your people and music like physically music going through you but it's also a lot about like what's going on inside of you and absolutely Uh, good music resonates with you um and it doesn't necessarily even necessarily have to be a positive feeling you know Mm -hmm. um if it's just really resonating with you know whatever you're working through Mm -hmm. or whatever you're processing as a person or you know, whatever your state is, if it impacts that or you, you feel something from it, it's good music, you know, it doesn't matter exactly. what the genre is. Exactly. You know, yeah. that's, I think, I think that's kind of, for me anyways, it's always been the key. And it, yeah, it's not so much of, um, Hey, my buddy's going and let's go, go see the show and drink beer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which I mean, at a level that's, that's fun. And it's, it's nice to have a social <laughs> experience, but mm-hmm. like, like, you know, when you're able to go to a show and be moved and like, or if you're having a bad day and you're just like, man, I just want to go somewhere and rage or whatever, you know, whatever that means. Yeah. Or if it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever, or somebody's just playing some really intense, aggressive music. That's just really like hitting you just mm-hmm. right. That's just like, it's, it's taking care of that, that, that pent up frustration that that's such, that's the catharsis, right? There. Mm-hmm. You know, that's worth, that's worth any, any, how many hours of therapy or, or, you know, um, medication that like, it, yeah. it does that, you know, it's really so, true. It's like definitely an antidepressant. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so uh, what was I going to ask next? Um, kind of on that thread and just kind of, I'm kind of being tangential here. So and if you don't want to talk about like kind of how the pandemic has kind of mm-hmm. impacted you personally, we can like talk about something else, but this is something I've been asking, like I've been, you know, I did kind of some Q and A's online with some, with some of the people that I've been talking to just in the various aspects of the music scene here. Um, but it's, I don't know, to me, like that's kind of an important thing is like, you know, this last year, how has it kind of hit you as a person? You know, I mean, there's your professional or your artistic side, but like how, how have you kind of coped and, and gotten through it? Like, 
what were some of the things that, you know, you were able to do and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of that, that side of it. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. Thank you for asking. And I think, I think it's important to share these stories because it's such an extreme time and yeah, we're all dealing with it in different ways, but in the way we're all kind of dealing with it similarly, I think. Um, but I think it's really important to talk about it and share it. So I'm definitely happy to sure. talk about it. Um, Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I think one part of how I've gotten through it <laughs> is just staying really busy, but it's definitely yeah. been a really, really hard time. It's, it's obviously none of us have been through any like anything like this. And I mean, no. for me personally, I was definitely a germaphobe before this started. So. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. So the I idea just had, like, had yeah. amped everything up. Right. Yes. Yeah. It was like the idea that this virus is going wild across the planet. It was just so terrifying and. I was definitely pretty right. panicked at the beginning. And when we, you know, when we all started to lock down, it was just so scary and not knowing really what was happening and it's in our country. And it seemed so distant when, you know, people were talking about it in the news, even though it really wasn't. <laughs> um, and just like all the death and loss that it brought, it was just, you know, very, very tough mentally. And um, for me personally, I, I was, I was really fortunate to be able to work um, remotely, but my partner manages a bar and he was dealing with people oh, constantly wow. throughout it. It was just so stressful. Oh just, man, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's just every day you just, you just don't know. Um, and then I think for me personally, the pandemic was just really difficult due to just, it, it seems like this happened with a lot of people where there was just all these extra things on top of the pandemic, just because life gives you all that stuff at once, you know? of course (laughs) and so like for me I just had a lot of really especially the last half of 2020 was just really 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 difficult um just a lot of stuff in my family and just terrible things and one of the things that happened was my my grandmother actually passed away in in the fall um and it was just really a very intense experience and luckily she didn't have COVID was basically put on hospice and brought home to pass away about 10 days later and so I, when I heard this, I rushed to her house. She just lives outside the city. And I stayed with her for that entire time when she was brought home to die and on hospice. And oh, I, it was like devastating to lose her. But the whole time I kept reminding myself, like, I am so lucky to be able to be at her side because so many people have their family member who's dying of COVID in a hospital and they can't even visit them, you know? Right. So yeah, I just like, I could hug her. I could be with her. Um, I was with her every day for like, 10 days and the whole time I'm just like be grateful this is so important and so many people cannot do this right now and so I stayed up with her like you know for about eight days to to, like four or five in the morning every day I had like the night shift with my aunts (laughs) it was my aunts during the day and I was kind of during the night so it was really horrible but it was also kind of magical um just being with her and helping her through that process. And I've never experienced anything like it. It was, I mean, it was such an honor to be with her at her side and like watch her take her last breaths. And it was just devastatingly sad, but it was definitely one of the most transformative experience I've experiences that I've ever had. And I, I think it'll influence my artwork moving forward. But again, I just had this unending gratitude that I could be with her in this stage, like unlike so many people, you know, it's just, it gave me so much perspective on life. (laughs) And then like one thing that happened, I guess, was when she was in the hospital and she had really badly slurred speech after her stroke or stroke, sorry. She was telling the nurse, she's like, that's my granddaughter. She's an artist and she's selling artwork to raise money for other people. And she was in the newspaper. (laughs) So it was just like, 
it was so sweet I was so surprised to hear her talk about it because she was having a lot of like cognitive issues from the stroke um and I was like but okay. I gave her something positive right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. and it was like right she's proud of me and she's proud of what I'm doing and it just meant so much and it really right. made me want to keep moving forward so I think that like the support yeah. like that was just that was one of again one of the most transformative experiences I've had but yeah it's just a lot on top of the pandemic and I think the way that I've just dealt with it is just really focusing on this work and like I can't do anything but I can try to help a little bit <laughs> and it's not right. even really that much but it's like something yeah. I can occupy my time and my anxieties and you know stay busy right. and make artwork and put it out there and I think just having that community as well through the whole yeah. all the stuff with civil and all the people like Dave from Liber and um, Anna from yeah. Metro and Shane from Shubis and Lincoln Hall. It's just like I made all these kind of friends through that. It was it was really, oh, yeah. really, really like needed. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's I think yeah, that I mean, was my survival too, as well as helping others. <laughs> yeah. You found a, a a deeper level of community through um the music, you know. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't the mu- the music itself or the art the art itself like giving to you you were giving back through it um mm-hmm. but yeah you, that that sort of next level up of the, with the venues um you know that really I, I think you know with you kind of being sort of a visual representation of that like with civil sort of banding things together locally um at just that when I, when I saw that happen I'm like all right there is a hope there's there's people organizing and you know it's not all going to go away you know because that's as a musician for me it's like all right like everybody i know who has a venue is is fucked you know yeah talk to dave every once in a while dave and i would talk about something and you know i'd see him like he was trying to do all these kind of different things just to keep the lights on and keep keep himself going you know and and other venues have been creative too like liars club and all, all those guys yeah um you know, and then some of them were facilitating a live streaming. And I'm like, all right, this is this is the, the survival mode of of kind of our ecosystem here. Um, but seeing that and then the kind of your artwork really kind of um, kind of being an emblem or kind of the, the visual of, of all that, like, yeah, all, all, all this is going to it's going to hold, you know, the, the ship is taking on some <laughs> water for our music scene, but it's going to hold. We'll just we'll all keep bailing it out you know yes exactly I love that that's a good analogy yeah everyone really was so passionate you know some of these people it probably would have been easier and for them to just go on unemployment and just kind of check out but you know they were so passionate and they were like fighting and it was really um impressive and I don't know I haven't heard anything of any other cities like fighting like Chicago has for this for their music scene so uh, I think we were a good example I don't know I I was looking in the news like what are other cities doing like New York or I couldn't find anything too interesting besides the normal stuff but um I was really impressed by all the everyone's efforts and passion and you know creativity trying to sell different things and Talking about shows and sort of the music scene and kind of all the things you've been doing, um, but kind of just talk about more so you as an artist and kind of your experiences as a creative person in our city and uh, kind of, you know, things you've been uh, working through and and, um, anything to note with that. So being a creative person in Chicago for me is honestly a bit strange. And I don't know if you felt this way. Um, I don't know Uh if the music scene is a little bit different with community wise and the visual arts scene. But for me personally, especially living in Chicago all my life, I feel like I, 
don't really have anything else to base this on, but I've definitely felt like there's a bit of a lack of community and like a lack of support artistically in the fine arts world and the visual arts world. Um, And I think as a visual artist, I've felt definitely a little bit isolated and in the last few years it's gotten better, but I think, I think I feel more isolated than I think I should feel in this big city, you know? And I'm always like, if I was in New York, would this be different? Because they have such a strong art scene. Um, But I did, I graduated with a degree in fine arts from Columbia um, here in Chicago about 10 years ago now, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, That flies, right? I know. It was like 2011. Uh, But I remember graduating and then having all the community and all the support and everything, all my friends were like, you know, going all over the place and everything was just kind of gone. And I was like, oh my gosh now what (laughs) and then you know having a day job having to pay my bills pay off my student debt it was like that was the focus yeah and it was kind of depressing you know and I was like man I wish I could find some sort of like art community here and even to this day I still feel like I have a little bit of a lack of like an art community but I think that that's partially why I was so drawn to like the concert going and the music community because I felt like they were a little bit more yeah and they were a little bit more supportive of each other like you know, I'm playing a show, you want to play too? And it was just kind of like getting all your friends together. Yeah. And that aspect always appealed to me. And that's something that I felt very, um, I don't know, I just wanted that sense of community and like the idea of like gathering and support of someone else's creativity without that pretentiousness or out, you know, without that competition. It was just kind of all very like supportive. And yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm not like looking at the right places for all the art stuff, but um, yeah, it definitely I, felt like kind of isolating. I, I I think that's kind of endemic. I mean, just from my experience of what mm-hmm. I've seen with my some of my other friends who are in visual arts, um, there's little pockets here and there of things mm-hmm. going on. Like I have a friend who's based out in the suburbs. He's out in Warrenville. Um, he actually does all the art- artwork for my band. He's a painter. Um, and you know, he, he kind of, I've seen him and he kind of hunts for it, but he does the exact same thing with the music. Like he's a, he, he a lot of the, the work that he does, he produces for bands, logos, shirt mm-hmm. designs and stuff. So it's kind of like working through the music scene as this community, kind of like, as you're saying. Um, and, you know, we've, I've gone to support him at some, like some exhibitions that are kind of around and, yeah, they're few and far between, it seems like, and they're very mm-hmm. like, grassroots. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like the stuff I see him producing, it's really in reflection of like his involvement with the music scene here. Yeah. Um, so I, I could totally validate like what, what your your experience is with that too. One of, my, one of my best friends from high school, actually, um, he's a visual artist, he paints, but he also does book carving. Um, a guy by the name of Brian, Brian, Brian Detmer, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he moved away. He just, we, we actually, I went to Columbia as well. Uh, we all <gasps> made my two best friends from high school. He went to Columbia. I was a music major, he visual arts major. Oh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And I, I remember him being basically like, I, 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 I love Chicago. It's my home and, and all that, but yeah, he ended up moving, you know, a couple of different places in Atlanta for a while, but then like he really found his groove. He, he lives in Brooklyn, you know, mm-hmm. going back to that. Yeah. You know, and he settled, he settled down there and he actually was able to find like representation, people helping him with getting exhibitions together and all that. But yeah, I think it's, that's, I mean, the little bit I know about the art world here, it, it's not as um, thriving, you know, and I think you really have to 
yeah. trying to find your connection points like through other communities mm-hmm. um, it definitely yeah. I guess comparing the art world versus the music world the art world feels more exclusive and the art, music world feels yeah. more inclusive and just yeah sort of a community and I think it just feels like a lot of artists are out to fend for themselves and you know where yeah. I don't know maybe I need to create the community I want I don't know <laughs> that's it that's just, been a paradigm it's been a paradigm I've, I've always supported like the kind of music I, I play is not by any means popular. I, I, I've done that in the past, mm-hmm. but like, I, I, I tend to play some really weird shit. So as I've gotten older, it's just gotten weirder. And I, 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 <laughs> well, I love it. <laughs> I, I'm playing the music I like, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's people, there's, you know, 10 people who like it and that's great. And, you know, I'll just keep doing my thing. Um, you know, um, but like you have to create, that's it. You have to kind of create your community in a sense. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's a, a handful or a good group of musicians that I support, you know, like any, as any scene does, and, but we're not really a scene. It's like, we're just all these kind of oddball musicians who don't fit in like a, a neat genre of metal or Mm-hmm. hardcore punk or we're you know mm-hmm. I, you know i have a i have a jazz training and a jazz background but i'm not a jazz musician i, I couldn't cut it in like the straight ahead jazz <laughs> i mean i i, 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 that, what I, I yeah i grew up as like a metalhead so like i've always wanted to mix things together you know mm-hmm. so, but but back to your, your paradigm of like you have to create your own your own scene and your own culture that's kind of a, a core to me a core tenet of making it fly in Chicago period. I mean, yeah. unless you're doing something super, super um, commercial or super cookie cutter music art. Cause I mean, I've gone to some of the gallery district stuff over, you know, on Ontario. That's like a different, it seems like it's at a different level and there's some good mm-hmm. stuff in there, but yeah, it's like, they're not, it's like going to Lollapalooza as a musician. It's like yeah. they're bringing in people from, from outside of Chicago and representing them. Oh, yeah. Wow, great. How many, <laughs> like, how, many, how many fucking painters and sculptors and visual artists do we have here in the city who are yeah. doing really good stuff? You know, and it's all underground, like the music is, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah like, it seems like, yeah, yeah. It just seems like it shouldn't be that way. And it should be everything no, should be no. a little bit more accessible, even like the internet and like internet groups and all that stuff. Yeah, but again, yeah, like yeah. maybe someone just hasn't done it and we need to do it. But uh, I definitely yeah. feel that that's like, uh, I don't know. I think that that has kind of pushed me towards in, more interest in the community around music than communities yeah, around art. And maybe I there's mean, a way have, to connect those you, a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm like, have you thought about doing like, I mean, like like live painting, you know, like. Yeah, that would be interesting. With, yeah. Right, you could do like a, a live painting gig and, and do like an exhibition of like some mm-hmm. of your pieces, like hang them up at the venue you know but you're, yeah. you're talking about that earlier so but yeah I think it, it's really at that grassroots level of like you, you gotta kind of just make it you know because it's not there yeah sure. I, yeah I really I've been looking and I haven't found it and maybe if someone's listening the, and they have recommendations we can check it out but oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just like we'll yeah, yeah you we'll never see. know when you put right. it out there in the universe so. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's exactly it that's exactly it yeah and I think too with the art world I I've been really struggling with this idea that um you know in the art world they want an artist to do one thing to be known for one thing yeah <laughs> and I do so yeah. many things so it's so when you were asking right. questions about my other like to me I have like my day job I have this right. small business and then which I call blacknail right. 
studio just to not have it under my under my name then i have my fine art practice and they're all very separated but yeah right yeah i think it's sort of a different part of your identity yeah and i'm trying to i guess i'm kind of i've been working trying to figure out what the lines are between these things because they are like all me but they're all very different they're all very separate uh i think like for me too i have so many interests and i have a lot of skills and different random things like you know, all sorts of interests. I, I, uh, I feel like I could pull off anything if I had the idea to do it. Uh, so the idea right. is usually the hard part going to how is my, what's my creative process. So the idea is usually the hardest part for me. And then once I have it, I just go for it. But um, for sure. I just get kind of overwhelmed because I feel like I could do anything and like, okay, so someone to ask me to do something for yeah. them. I'm like, sure, sure. I can do it. <laughs> so I could get caught right. up in that part. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, right. yeah, the work I've been making for these projects um, have been mainly in pen and ink. And right. I've just been kind of sticking with that to be consistent and to create work that's recognizably related to this project. But I do work, you know, on all types of media. Um, right. Did you get started with pen and ink? Because, I mean, there's a no. detail you. No. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I was, well, I think my focus is always like just painting and drawing. But I remember right. being pretty little. My dad would read me some books with like pen and ink illustrations. And he would point out the parts he liked to me. Like, oh, that's some cool cross hatching right there. <laughs> I think that's where I got interested ah. in pen and ink. <laughs> Just like yeah, those, you right. know, old books of like illustrations in them. And Absolutely. But I always love pen and ink. So this was a really fun way for me to use that and like get yeah. better at it. Um, it's hard to feel limited by, you know, people want the one thing. So I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I think right now I'm actually still having tons of fun working in pen and ink, but you know, maybe in the future, like a little bit of color in it. Like you said, watercolor with pen and ink looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. It <laughs> um, does. So we'll see, yeah. you know, if, if I can sneak some of that in. Yeah. We'll see maybe the next thing. Um, so I guess like what I've really enjoyed about this, this specific work again, like I feel like I'm doing several different things, but this, these pen and ink drawings and this kind of, body of work um with the venues it's kind of it's sort of almost more like to me like a semi-activism or doing something to help others and it's not solely about the artwork and I I want this work to keep doing that so I, I like how this has turned into kind of a way to help people and activism right. yeah like and I think that just thinking about it you know it happened very naturally it's like oh I have this drawing of these venues and I could sell it during the pandemic to help them from you know being closed talk about the support Chicago arts group like how you you got involved with that and kind of like what your continuing relationship is I guess if that's gonna go on and yeah so after I uh worked with Civil actually no it was around the same time that I started working with Civil um support Chicago arts reached out to me and commissioned me to do a drawing for them that was geared towards kind of more performing arts theaters and support Chicago arts is a really cool organization um, run by really awesome people. Uh, And they're, you know, I believe they started in response to the pandemic and just helping out all these places that were forced to close. So everything they do, all the profits are donated. Um, So I made them another drawing. I think that one was like 30 spaces and it was the list they gave to me. Uh, but again, they're more like theaters, like Chicago theater. There was like the uh, opera houses and different kind of comedy clubs and stuff like that. So they took that and turned it into a whole bunch of different things like tote bags and pillows. They even made a, this cool lamp <laughs> that had like the, the drawing on each side of it. It was really cool. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So they, they basically made a whole bunch of different types of merch as like different 
fundraising items and people would purchase them and um, they donated all the profits. I believe they donated all the profits to the Save Our, or Save Our Stages Act, which was working with like the government right. to get funding. Um, so I am working on something new with them hopefully soon. Um, I'll con- I really hope to continue to work with them because they were really awesome and really nice people. Um, but outside of that, uh, what I was thinking of for the future was kind of pushing this idea of this artwork being used as a way to help others or almost as a form of activism and uh you know continuing that I really wanted to branch out outside of the just the music scene and work with some other organizations um, that are helping people like I would love to work with someone or an organization that's supporting you know the fight for racial justice fighting sexual violence um supporting our LGBTQ or trans communities stuff like that. Like I would really love to work on these kind of bigger picture issues. Um, So that's my hope for the future is that I can kind of partner with some different organizations and, you know, give them work to use for whatever fundraising or marketing or something that where they could continue to help people. Cause although I'm not necessarily capable of doing all that myself, I can, you know, I can make them artwork (laughs) and they can help, you know, do something. Um, I would really love to do that because I, I like the idea of this is kind of this body of work is kind of doing stuff outside of just being a drawing and right helping others. So again, if anyone's listening that has collaborations related to those topics, they can reach out to me and, you know, I think Absolutely. it'd be nice to continue to help people in different ways and I can use some color there. <laughs> different different draw and they don't have to be buildings it'll be fun to draw things that aren't buildings after this i'm sure i'll be like no more buildings right (laughs) that's kind of what i was hoping for yeah Yeah. all right well you know good luck and i I hope this uh you know this kind of paradigm of like art activism um pans out and you're able to continue doing great things um and thank uh, thank you and thank you so much for uh, what you've done in the last year. It's just been fantastic. Well, thank and, you for the support. And thank yeah. you so much for inviting me to talk to you and be on your podcast. And yeah. I think it's great that you're doing this and that you're documenting this time. Cause this is going to be, like you said, this is the time for the history books. And uh, Thank you so much. And uh, thanks to everybody who took the time to listen to this episode. If you want to learn more about Maura Walsh and her artwork, you can visit her website at blacknailstudio.com. And it has a tiny Chicago music scene project uh, that she's archived on it. And I believe there's prints available there for purchase. Uh, Check out rockinchicago.org. We have a feature page up for more that houses this episode of the Rockin' Chicago show with her. And uh, also her companion guest list, which we actually uh, asked her to curate. So she uh, did 90 minutes worth of local music from her favorite bands in Chicago for your listening pleasure. That's available on Spotify uh, on the Rock in Chicago sound, uh, Spotify account and also under our YouTube account. So uh, check all out that there at rockinchicago.org. And once again, thanks for listening. We're going to uh, end on one of the bands that Mora featured in her guest list uh, for you to uh, enjoy. This is Immortal Bird with the track Anger Breeds Contempt. <laughs>